Welcome to the special New Year's edition of Urbane Legends, the podcast, quite simply, about urban legends. I am Babylon Zoo superfan, Chris Flynn, and with me, a very special guest this week. He uh, recently shocked his devoted followers uh, by making the move from Memphis, Tennessee, over to the United Kingdom... Uh, his stage name, which is what you'll know him by, is Whispering William Big Time. It's Mr. Neil Herbert. Hi, Neil. How you doing? How you doing in, in not particularly sunny UK? Yeah, yeah, good. Um, so you've been a you've been a staple on the country music scene for uh, for four years now. Um, yeah, just a good old boy kicking yeah. back, telling it like it is. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what what made you decide to to leave leave your hometown of Memphis and, and move over to the UK? Well, I'd, I'd heard, you know, as as you know, Elvis still lives. Yeah, yeah, you know, and you, you see him knocking around occasionally at Graceland, you know, just like repairing some windows, things like that. Yeah, but I, I'd heard some rumors. Yeah, not not so not seen him recently though. Um, but Digging I heard some rumors that he was. Down a septic tanks, yeah. I'd heard some rumours he'd uh, he'd moved down to like Embassy Court in Brighton and was doing like some you know Ooh. some caulking of the windows out there. So uh, nice, yeah. Packed up, moved down. Nice. And um, your your recent album has has done very well critically. I, I personally love it. It's called yeah. um, Railway Tracks and High Heels, and it's based on uh, I believe the New Deal, which happened in the nineteen. 19- 1930s 1930s yeah fdr yeah yeah. Um, kind of, yeah so what um what 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 kind of uh really got you interested in that particular time period well you know as as a as a huge um steinbeck fan i've mm. always been been fascinated by the by the great depression and um yeah you know i i started started reading up on it and it just seemed like you know not good songs. That last time when uh, you know the government really cared about people. Yeah, you can ride the country of ours. Ride the rails. Ride the rails to freedom. Yep. Wear your high heels. Wear your high heels. Push some broom. That's all a problem. Push your broom in the thirties. Yep. Lovely. Uh, there's, there's just no freedom anymore. I've come to come come to see if I can find it. Me and Elvis in the UK. So would you call yourself? Um, would you call yourself a libertarian? Apparently, yeah, um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very much, you know, looking for a third way. I don't, don't, I don't trust either of our sort of current parties. So I think, I think it would be fair to say that your political leanings are confusing. Both being a fan of the New Deal and also being a libertarian. Is that why yeah, you well, moved I, to the UK? Do you find? Do you think this is a nice, so, a, a, a kind of a nice middle ground between between uh, sort of big, big, big government and no government at all? What I like in my politics, I like it to be wildly inconsistent, and I oh, feel like right. the UK is doing that better than anywhere at the moment. Oh yeah, we're ahead of the game on that one. Yeah. Um, so I believe that I feel you're ahead of the curve. Oh, well ahead. Um, the kind of post post truth these days. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, you know, so I believe that for this New Year's special, you um, you've you've brought to us uh, a New Year's urban uh, myth which you remember from being a kid. Is that true? Yeah, well, this is when, uh, you know, obviously I was around, you know, back when I was sort of teaching Woody Guthrie to play guitar. Yeah. Um, back in the 20s. Yeah. Um, and I remember the good old track Hotel in Chicago, Illinois, um, that, that getting built. Um, you, you won't be so familiar with um, with the Drake Hotel, I don't suspect, Chris, you know, being from the UK. But, uh, was it, is it anything to, building. Was it built by the... Uh, fabulous pop pop messiah Drake from Canada. No, it's not, not nothing to do with the Canadian uh, hip hop guy entrepreneur. Yeah, he's um, he should probably buy it now. He should buy it by the Hilton chain. Yeah, and rename it. He should, he should buy <laughs> it and then just go and live in it. 
That's what, it, yeah. Um, I believe that he was actually in, um, he got into a legal dispute over the name, didn't he? Because that's what he calls his crib. He calls it the Drake Hotel. Um, and despite that was around in the 20s, he felt that they had, he, they'd impinged on his copyright. I believe I read that. Do you believe you read that? Hmm. I read a lot of things, despite being illiterate. That's my fault. Um, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Interesting to see how that comes out, that court case. Well, we'll keep a close eye on that. Right, so we we uh, so yeah, back back to uh, back to back to the twenties. So pre 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 Great Depression, mm. Roaring Twenties. Um, it's the Roaring Twenties where everything was sort of kicking off before it all sort of fell apart. We needed a new deal. Was there, um, um, was there still, was there still prohibition at that point? So it was like, oh, you can be sure of so it. So it'd be nineteen. It'd be Al Capone's kind of time. Yeah, he was. Was he, was he knocking around Chicago? I suppose he would have been, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I should know. I was there. <laughs> yeah, you were there. there. So, yeah, yeah. No, he was. Uh, you know, I mean, I'll tell you the thing about the thing about Capone and those other guys. You know. You were respectful to them, they're respectful to you, you know. Unless you're Irish. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Couldn't, couldn't be that. But then you're going to join the police, aren't you, if you're Irish? Or the Irish gang. So that's, yeah. Now they, you know, they dressed nice and they, they treated their mothers well, Chris. That's the, yeah, they did treat their mothers well. Um, less so, the se- less so their sex workers, the but... <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, you've got to draw a line. Wasn't, com- wasn't commented upon in those Can't days. be nice to everyone, can you? You've got to draw a line somewhere. Nah, you're going to make money. You're not going to be building no Drake hotels. You're uh, worrying about offending people. <laughs> the the, the yeah, so, left. You know, it's just it's just ridiculous. It's, I mean, that's one thing I'm hoping as well. As you know, I think you're you're putting your best foot forward in, in the in the UK. Sort of like, I want to be want to be uh, low. You know, like low uh, regulation. Yeah, well, I noticed and, that you uh, left America almost almost tax. the day after Trump got out of office. So <laughs> you thought, where's comfortable? Where's comfortable for me? I can speak the same language and have someone bad as bad, but in a different way. Well, to be honest, I wanted to vote for Elon Musk, <laughs> but you couldn't. Apparently, this this fucking pen pusher, you know, told me so. Oh. Well, why? You know, where's the freedom in that? <laughs> I know he's. I, I know he's not running for office, but you know, something, something to do with the fact that he's not running for office. Well, it doesn't matter if the majority of people want him; then he'll have to step up. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> what this country needs, exactly, and a reluctant, a reluctant oligarchy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you know, you've got, to, you've got to be a billionaire at least, haven't you? Oh, if you're not a billionaire, you've, you've not tried. Like the US. I mean, he pulled himself yeah, up exactly. from his bootstraps. You know, what did yeah. he have when he was growing up? A father who owned an emerald mine in South Africa. I mean, you know, that's not going to get you very far, is it? When it comes to setting up your first businesses, uh, he, he took it around with it. Um, he did well with very little. Exactly. Well, he's, he's setting up his own space program. Respect. Yeah. It'd be good if um, any of his companies turned a profit first, but you know, that's just um, that's, not, that's tech. That's no, tech when for you're on you. The, when you're on the cutting edge, when you're on the cutting edge, you can't worry about old-fashioned, <laughs> you know. Hidebound thinking, like making a profit. No. You just got to get venture. It's far, far too quick for that. Yeah, let's get more of that venture capitalist cash. It's fine. <laughs> right, and in in no way does this reflect the fact that there's not really much to say about oh, the, no, <laughs> the drag. Really, is it? Is it quite a short story? It's you know it, this is a, this is a spooky little short story for the new year I think is how I'm because what I found because so. I had a look for New Year's stuff and there isn't much around New Year's beyond the fact that you should just set your house up how you want it for the rest of the year. I have some food in, um, make make sure yeah. some gorgeous man comes through through the thresholds. It's the first one of the new year, exactly. Otherwise, you're going to get shit. I go all year round. Don't you. that. British trolls like me. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and the only other one which I could find for New Year's was the myth behind Chinese New Year. But we might do that on Chinese New Year. Won't it be more relevant? Yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll probably be, probably be more pertinent. Um, and there was, because there, um, what was I reading as well? Like something about uh, the, the concept of celebrating New Year's goes back to um, Babylonian yes. time, supposedly. 
Yep. Is it something the defeat of Tiamat? Or Chinese New Year is their oldest celebration. It goes back four thousand years at least. So we've been celebrating mm. New Year's for a long time. I feel like it's probably got slightly different. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't suppose the ancient Babylonians. Actually, maybe they were just getting off. Oh, probably they loved a bit of it. Yeah, yeah singing about the Anunnaki, going down some overpriced. <laughs> yeah, it's got payloads on the door to go in. Yeah, <laughs> drink some mead. But mm. imagine, imagine it's the nineteen twenties, the roaring nineteen twenties, yes. and hundred um, years ago, and you've and, and there's a new hotel. It's just opened yep. up. Built by Drake. Um, the Drake Hotel. So I'm going to, going to read out to you. There's a little, little advert here. So from a hauntedjourneys.com, there's a little, little just blog quick, on this. So was it named after someone whose second name was Drake or was it named after the birds, the Drake? Um, no, it was the, the family. Were, I think they were called the Drakes or something like that. Were they um, birds? Let me have a quick look. Uh, yes, no it was a bunch of sentient um, Drakes. Yes. Um, they made a lot of money bootlegging, bootlegging in Chicago. <laughs> they could the just fly over the border. A lot of bathroom gin. Yeah, they could just fly the stuff away from the, the police couldn't catch them. Um, no, Tracy Drake and John Drake Jr. John Drake Jr. Um, hey, I'm John Drake Jr. Your service. Come see my hotel. You got any real estate for me? I turn the hotel. That's how they talk in Chicago, isn't it? It's not bad. Um, not not too too far off. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's, it's the Drake family who... Uh, who owned this? Um, right, so let's let's read from from an advert from the newspaper of the time. Celebrities of the film world, with appreciative regard for the ultimate of perfection in service and hospitality, stop at the Drake when in Chicago. This hasn't. Actually, this has only just been built, by mm. the way. But anyway, you, you got you got to you know fake it till you make Absolutely. it. Absolutely, they regard it as a fitting mark of distinction. Yeah. Charm of the Drake's location is unrivaled anywhere. You'll find it on the quiet shore of Lake Michigan. Mm. Yet only a few minutes away from the heart of the city's business, shopping and theatrical districts. Rates are unusually moderate. Hmm. Booklet sent upon request. There you go. So you can uh, go there and then go to watch Second City Improv at the Theatre District. Yeah. You know, it's you know, a job yeah. on Saturday Night Live. Beautiful. Well, All thanks to the Drake Hotel. And stay in a lovely ballroom and stuff. And it kind of, you know, it makes me think of that whole, uh, you know, the hotel from The Shining kind of thing. Well, obviously not up a mountain in Colorado. Um, but yeah, you know, kind of nice views. You know, it's still there the center, now. You know, still you know. there now. The it, yeah, no, it still is. Yeah, it's owned, owned by the Hilton Hotel chain. They refurbed it. Spent about forty-eight million refurbing it uh, about fifteen years ago. Yeah, one of the classiest joints in all of Chicago. Oh, it's a nice. It's all right, actually. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a big solid building, isn't it? In that sort of um, yeah. uh, neoclassical style. It's not, um, it's not Art Deco enough for me, but I guess it's slightly no, before I, that, isn't I it? I do like a, a nice Art Deco. It's, the 20s, do you know what? Yeah, this was literally built in 1920. I think, I mean, it might have been prior to the um, Empire State Building. Actually. It looks sturdy. Sure that That's what I'll say for it. It looks like, it looks yeah. like a lovely council offices. <laughs> yeah. So they're pitching themselves that this is where all of the Hollywood people, all the Hollywood and glamour people. I mean, Holly, I mean, this is 1920, so have you got Buster Keaton, something like that. Buster Keaton, Charlie Chapman, staying with his his current wife. His friendly uh, buckle. Right. Oh yeah, this is probably before the um, the moment of shame. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe not. Well, no, yeah, I mean, I read somewhere, apparently that was... Um, Bullshit. It, you know, he, he was probably yeah. innocent, yeah. He was some, somebody had done it to character assassination. I can't remember the details. So what a scoop! Ali Arbuckle yeah. crushes woman to death in love tryst. <laughs> yeah, it's probably around the period when... Uh, was it, was it, when did they um, fix the World Series? Uh, every year. That would have been, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Sheila's Joe Jackson and all that. I think that, that was. I can't remember if that was before the twenties or it was. Um, so yeah, it's all kicking on. Babe Ruth's knocking about. Hopefully, I don't know if I'm getting. Away yeah, because I mean, nineteen twenties is really early for. Yeah, pretty cool time. Greta Garbo was in the twenties at some point. Yeah, uh, I mean, there was a real kind of like you know that silent movie. Yeah. Um, when yeah. did the Marx Brothers film start? Twenties or thirties? Thirties, I think. Good. 
anyway, yeah, I, I guess that my thinking. But you know, it's it's a great time. You it, think think the Great Gatsby. You know, yeah, you got you know all these people going around and kind of like um, you know, Bing Crosby, Walt Disney, George Gershwin, Charles Lindbergh all knocking oh, around. Oh, Christ, Lindbergh! <laughs> what a shit! Hey, you know, good pilot. Um, yeah, so only okay. a mild Nazi. I didn't. I didn't written. Mm. Got about that. Yeah. Yeah, not not good guy. Yeah, thirties. A lot of people got into the whole Hitler trend. Well, it was um, it, it was a disruptor, wasn't he? He was an innovator. Yeah, <laughs> he's warning not to be an early adopter for these kind of things. Well, yeah. as I as I found out with my out. PlayStation VR headset, been burnt by that yeah. that purchase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unconsumables, fascism, equally. Wow. Equally bad things to dwell into too early. Just wait and see how it all pans out. I consider my PlayStation VR headset to be the Third Reich of my flat. Blitzkrieged its way into your room. Into my cupboard. Gaming arena. (laughs) Into my cupboard in a box. They don't have much resale value. Uh. (laughs) I'm sure that 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 killer... VR app is going to come out any time now. Don't you worry about it. Didn't they just do? Um, didn't they just release a Matrix experience or something? Possibly, but the headset's just really uncomfortable and horrible. To... Oh, right. Well, yeah, but if you want to get into the Matrix, come have a bit of sacrifice. Yeah, that's true. Right. Anyway, so so yeah, so it was built. I think it was built. It's sort of literally in 1920. So. But the legend is it's around New Year's Eve, nineteen twenty. So I don't know whether that must have been fairly close to the opening oh. or something like that. But you can imagine, yeah, you're on this cusp of, you know, you, you know, America's sort of, you know, really sort of breaking through. Everything's, you know, they're making loads of money. Hollywood's just sort of, you know, yeah. becoming really successful. Chicago, you know, you're making money out your bootlegging. Um, so according to the legend, a woman in a red dress attended the New Year's Eve, nineteen twenty celebration. Mm. But unfortunately. You know, what you go and do, Chris? She finds out her fiancé is dancing with another woman in the ballroom. Uh-oh. What do you think is going to happen here? Well, knowing knowing 1920s women, she probably overreacts. <laughs> I mean, you could say that. Yeah, so, she, you know... She kills them both or just commit suicide. <laughs> I mean, you're close, because, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the latter, basically. So, um... Yeah, she's, she's gone to the gala. They're in the Drake's Gold Coast room. Um, he went, she went off looking for him, found him, in, or was saying enthralled by another woman in the Palm Court Park. Was, was he banging another woman? Um, was so, he having yeah. sex with her? Is that fancy talk? No, he's, I think he's just, dan- he's just dancing with this other lady, and she um, just goes off, goes up to the 10th floor and jumps out to her death. Right, so I think that, I mean, she had some stuff going on. Do you think she was on the tonics? Because that seems quite highly strung thing to do. I think I think I think I think a few um yeah, I think a few uh, concentration pills might have been taken. <laughs> I think she may have had it. she may have had a few sips of uh cocaine liquids. Just just to ease the vapors. <laughs> she, might, yeah. she may or may not have had uh, several drops of laudanum in every in every G and T. Did they have PCP in the twenties? <laughs> she may or may not have been. She I'm may sure or may not have been like puffing ether. I don't know. <laughs> um, right. So she's a bloke dancing with someone else, and then just kills herself. Yeah. So I mean, I know of, this. I know this is a really horrible work. thing to say, but um, he dodged a bullet. There. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's an overreaction, isn't it? Kind of not though, is it? Because I mean, you'd, you'd be like, you know, well, you know, you, you, you go out. I mean, I mean, you don't think that's an overreaction? Maybe, maybe. Oh, I do think it's an overreaction. But that, you know, at the end of the day, you're, that's still gonna like. Let's so you you go and you take somebody along to you know party. Oh, let's go, let's go, let's go to drinks. Hey, let's go <laughs> to the new place. Drinks. Go and eh? dance in the Uncle's ballroom. <laughs> He's going to be great, see. Um, but then you go and dance with someone else, and then he kind of like you know, maybe, maybe you had an argument, you know. Maybe maybe she keep, kept nagging you about your your dinner etiquette. Uh, she kept trying to get get the laudanum out of your pocket. Talking with your mouth full. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you know, you so you go out, go off and dance with some other dame, mm. just to, just to show what's what. Um, but then then you find out that she's jumped to her death. I mean, that's gonna that's gonna haunt you, isn't it? I would haunt him. I'm just saying that 
don't you think it's an overreaction from her to to chuck us? Oh no, no, no I, I agree. I agree, but I kind of like you know. I think think much better is she had just like you know, Left. Had a, got a bit furious and then ran off or whatever. Yeah. Oh, okay, you're probably a bit uh, a bit temperamental. Maybe this isn't this isn't the right. Maybe we're not right. <laughs> Um, I'll be honest. I mean, let's be honest. This is almost certainly a fiction, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Uh, does she haunt the place now or anything? Nah. <laughs> it's probably you should say that. Um, yeah. So ever since, um, and there's a photo here. I think it's clearly been photoshopped, but I don't know. We can have a look at that in a minute. Um, Guests at the Drake have reported seeing her apparition on the Gold Coast Room, the Palm Court, and on the 10th floor, as well as on the roof. Because there seems to be, in different tellings of the story, some people claim that she went up to the went up to the roof, but it seems seems to be the 10th floor is where she's doing her work. Well, the 10th floor, judging by this picture and me counting the number of windows, seems to be the top floor. Yeah. Oh, no, it wouldn't be. The yeah, 11th so floor wouldn't... would be because in America they call the ground floor the first floor, don't they? Yeah. All right. I mean, it's high up enough anyway that you could... I mean, so she's condemned to replay her final night, her restless soul, wonders attempted to find peace with the final tragic chapter of her life. In addition to spontaneous phantom appearances in a red garment, workers and guests also get a creepy and uncomfortable feeling in the ballroom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's Uncle, Uncle John. <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah, that's just, um, a, bit just a member of the Hilton family hanging around. Um yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because, like, what? Why does red always symbolise stuff? Because it's you know, like, um, Miss 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 Koi Koi, red, uh, red yeah. boots. It stands out, doesn't it? It stands out in a but red kind of any kind of image. Is it because it's the colour of blood? Well, it's blood. It's blood. It's sort of regarded as sort of colour of passion as well, isn't it? I think it also contrasts quite a bit with. Neutral colours, so it's sort of... Um, yeah, but so does aquamarine. <laughs> yeah, why not, why not the lady exactly. aquamarine? There we go. Why not the purple the woman, lady? not the lady in aquamarine. <laughs> That's your Christa Burr tribute, yeah. song. Yeah, a lot of... I mean, a lot of these places are referring to it as the, the woman mm. in red. Um, I, yeah, for me, it's... It, yeah. I can't get that Christa Burr song out of my head clearly, so... It's got to be Ever. In fact, that's why you chose this, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, it was a, this is this is very much was my um, little treat, little New Year's <laughs> treat. Little step pilot for uh, a Christopher podcast. That would be, be pretty sure, yeah. Hundred one ways where Lady <laughs> in Red is the finest Christmas song of all time, or whatever. And then I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. One thousand and one ways why Lady in Red is the best song of all time, not just Christmas. <laughs> You'll be doing that one on your own, yeah? Was it about <laughs> good? Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to get syndicated in the Daily Express just to make it about how it was written about Princess Diana. <laughs> Lovely. They'll go for it. They don't know what a podcast is. Yes, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know what radio is. <laughs> just, call it Diana, just call it Diana Pod. Yeah. The Diana Podcast. The one true lady in red. <laughs> Who haunts Chicago. You, you, you never hear, you never hear of, um, Lady Di haunting anyone, do you? No, no, only all our, only all, only all of our hearts, or our hearts, obviously, <laughs> and yeah. the man, the mind of the editors of the Express. Maybe she, maybe she haunts the Express. Do you know that's entirely possible? Yeah, she haunts the deluded imaginations <laughs> of the people who write for maybe the she Express. She haunts the offices of the Daily Express, <laughs> so that's what they have to write about all the time. Yeah. Do you reckon? Otherwise, it's like it's like some well, weird and mentality. Back. Where if you, if you don't if you don't write a diner article every three days, you're going to die screaming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> die in extreme pain. Just, one editor is just like a terrified look on his face. And died of an overwhelming coronary. And just, <laughs> like, nobody's been prepared to risk it. We can't find any cause of death. <laughs> It looks like it's all. It's been twenty years. What are we? What are we going to do this time? Um, a medium and her views on Brexit. <laughs> yeah, it looks like all of his organs were removed, but without any surgery. <laughs> That's the curse of Diana. Oh no! I mentioned her name. Next day. Yeah. There we go. Follow up to Squid Games. <laughs> I think Diana haunts. 
Well, they, do you know what? They're going to make a sequel out of that inevitably. What's well, game? Yeah, it's already been sorted. It's already been sorted. Yeah, I mean, it's inevitable, isn't it? But um, yeah, you know, make it about Princess Di and the day and a haunting of the Daily Express offices. Well, they had that like big doll, you know, like the the little girl with the covering her eyes and they're playing like Mr. Wolf, whatever mm. they were calling it's it. Diana. Was that <laughs> red, gray, yeah, green yeah, light? Yeah, Diana statue. Yeah, no, when her eyes flash red, just like you know, machine guns down. <laughs> the final one is they have to fight to the death in that Diana fountain in Green Park or wherever it is. Yeah, to to um to lay the final memorial wreath on the. Uh, <laughs> the tributes outside in the wind the place. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, every single person who dies gets candle in the wind played about. <laughs> that'd be good from there. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, and I get, uh, and, and I get a Diana come. <laughs> I get a Diana commemorative coin put over each eye, <laughs> which you can buy in the Daily Express. Absolutely. <laughs> Thirtieth anniversary of her marriage to Prince Charles, or whatever. I'm going to celebrate this with this delicious pewter coin available for just three instalments of ninety nine. <laughs> Limited to fifteen thousand pieces. <laughs> this is sure to be a less seller. We advise. It, it will surely go up in value. Inquiring soon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bound to go up in value. Collectible coin. Asterix. <laughs> entirely voting. Yeah. This may well decrease in value also. <laughs> this may be available on eBay for 15 <laughs> Within a week. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and, and funnily enough, actually, just to tie tie that back into the Dragon <laughs> Hotel. Um, so apparently they, have, they do like a very nice tea ceremony in the Palm Court. Tea and, ceremony? Um, what, like the Japanese one? No, or no, like a kind of like a high tea afternoon. Right, I don't think we call that a ceremony, um, do we? <laughs> no, it's not a ceremony. I don't know where I was. You were, I was confusing it with the um, MJ. <laughs> no, it's they it's like a really confusing of... hotel. Yeah. <laughs> it's hugely, uh, yeah, inconsistent. Um, no, it, uh, yeah, no, they, and, uh, <laughs> they, um, both, both Prince Charles and Lady Di have been to this, uh, this, this high tea. There, really? But, uh, not together. Not together. As it said in the Wikipedia. Yeah. Oh. Well, the fairy tale went sour eventually, Chris. Wow. You could have seen that coming, looking at his gawping mug. Well, you know, you know, no, no mortal human was good enough for her. She's by the left hand of Jesus now. His wife, I imagine. Getting into that. No, no, what I'll just say is we're not taking the piss out of Diana. We're taking the piss out of the media's coverage of Diana. Her herself seems like she was an all right person. All things considered. Absolutely. And she was treated yes. treated very badly. And so we're just making a joke at the media's handling of it. And it's a shame to have to break character and tell you that. But um, I am aware of the times that we live in. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the uh, people knew nothing about her ascribing motives um, that they couldn't possibly know. Um, but yeah, so so staff have seen sort of you know quite a few hauntings. I mean, the one thing I will hmm. say here, Chris. So, firstly, you know, there it, there's there's no actual record of a woman dying, right. but on the New Year's Eve, nineteen twenty. In the New it Year's was nineteen twenty. Would it have been covered up? Yeah, exactly. It was 1920, and if you're opening up your fancy new yeah. hotel, you know, Do you know what? It if it was if it was a fancy new hotel, there were probably mobsters there, and they knew how to get rid of a body. Yeah, you you just go up to a table just to like yeah yeah. Uh, excuse me, excuse me, Mister Bobby. Uh, we just had an accident outside. Um, a woman's killed herself. Ah, don't worry about it, see? Hey, Knuckles, go on, <laughs> go on. Deliver the goods down to the Lake Michigan. Okay, boss. Something like that. Well, yeah, I mean, in fact, it could have been a, a precursor of Francesco Franklin Enforcenitti, Nito, <laughs> who uh, headed the Chicago advert in the 30s and 40s, and he maintained his office in the Drake Hotel. On a oh, here we go. 
One of those mob. So yeah, they had, they had an in, had an in with the mafia. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know when 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 would they have been? Uh, I don't know that would have been down in LA, would it, Bugsy Siegel? But uh, yeah, I mean, this this hotel has had a few other hauntings. It, it was involved in the um, Leopold and Leo um, case. I mean, they, what's um, that? You read about these guys. The, the, um, so there's these two chaps who killed one of their um, family or something. So it was they're, they're kind of like thrill killers. And Hitchcock made a movie called Rope right. about them, um, which is quite famous. But yeah, no, they were they'd read like Nietzsche or something, and they decided that it would be cracking good fun in '24 to go and kill their cousin or something just to show that they could get away with it because they were so. They believed in the Nietzschean Superman theory, right? Yeah. Yeah, this kind of thing where people, you'd love to sort of like bring him back and go, oh, is that what you meant? Yeah. <laughs> Probably a close reading of his works wouldn't have actually admired this kind of nonsense. Yeah, when I, when I said go beyond good and evil, I probably well, didn't I wouldn't even say, a, I wouldn't even say a close person. reading. I'd say a cursory glance at a... A cursory a, glance at a Wikipedia a, picture. A, a pocket, <laughs> pocket guides to nature. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there, there seemed to be a bit of that. Um, back in those days, but well, that was what that I'd, I'd heard they were influenced by nature. Whether that's whether that it's you know something that was made up afterwards, but they were kind of influenced by those kind of things and were trying to prove that they were kind of like vastly smart and could get away with these. I mean, there's, there is part of there's, I think there's part of all of us that like, like I mean, I don't really think about murdering people, but you know, I think about you play out how you would get away with like a robbery or something. Like, how would I do it? How would I be able to get away with something? And you kind of yeah. think, what are the ways that people fall down? What's the stupid stuff people do? And that, you know, and you try and figure out, would you be able to do it? You know, and, and get away with it and that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's normal. I think, you know, acting, acting it out, you know, isn't normal. And I think, trying to prove you're smart by seeing if you can get away get away with murder or stuff like that is highly abnormal really isn't it it's um yeah it's incredible well, especially if there's, two, like, if there's um, two of you as well like what a lone person you can kind of yeah but it was probably one of those relationships where one was kind of the boss and the other one was getting bossed around or saying i don't know yeah i can't remember the details but i think there might have been something on that there was probably kind of like a you get this sometimes, don't you, where people have very um, tight knit relationships when there's some more. So you sometimes see other ones kind of subservient. Like us, mm, like, yeah, like exactly. our relationship, you're very much the boss, and I'm subservient and just do what I'm told, really, to try and win your approval. Yeah. And we've got, got a project I want to okay. talk to you about. Off air? Over the new year. So, uh, yeah, off air. Yeah. Don't do it on the mic. <laughs> They go out the Drake Hotel and see. Yeah, so so um, but yeah, they, apparently they got interrogated in in the Drake Hotel, and uh, the the parents of the uh, the unfortunate um, kid that, that they killed um, both stayed at the Drake Hotel afterwards, right. and uh, yeah, and died what? there. So that was what? what? Yeah. So they, so the killers were interviewed in the hotel. There was some sort of inter- I don't know whether they were standing or something. Apparently, and then the parents decided to some, stay there, and they just died. Oh, this was like years later. So, but supposedly, you you know, you'll see the father and mother. Um, so they had they had a suite. He he died of a heart attack in a suite at the Drake Hotel in twenty eight. The father of the victim, um, and the mother died in the hotel nine years well, later. Why did why were they going supposedly back to this? They, like... You can see them to this day wandering the hotel. I don't think that was where the, the, no. the it was killed. I don't. I'm not sure. I, I, I read somewhere it might be false that apparently there was some other link that he was they they the police interrogated them at at one point in the hotel. It might have been like I don't know they were having lunch there or something. And they took but it why would she want know, to go to the hotel where her husband had died? Oh no, they were both living there by this point. They were living in the hotel. Yeah, yeah, they had a suite of. Well, this is back. You know, if you if you're rich enough, you can just get. A, well, it's like Thatcher did at the end of her life. She just had a suite of rooms. Oh really? Well, it's nice if you can get it, Chris. Yeah, in some hotel. I, so know, I wouldn't want to live in a hotel. You, clean up after you. Just... If I could have a suite, it'd be all right. Nah. Someone else just, you know, looking after you. If you're of a certain age as well. I would imagine as well. Is that like, what you want? They've obviously got a bit of money. 
not particularly well. I'm not only bothered, but it'd be it'd be all right in there if you can afford it. It's worse ways to live. Let's put it like that. Yeah. Yes and no. It's like fancy prison, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't. I would get bored of it actually. Because you'd only presumably you'd have a limited menu. Oh yeah, but I'm sure you can get food from elsewhere or what have you, couldn't you? And I, I suspect if you're kind of like longer term, then you could, you know, you can probably ding a ling a ling. Hello, on the side. hello, reception. Oh fucking hell! <laughs> hello, okay. how can we help? Hi, hello, is that reception? Oh. Me ordering a pizza hut again. <laughs> yeah. Can you go out and get me a calzone from uh, that place that does it near? The shops, but it's not really a calzone. It's like a deep fried pizza. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Can you get me a munchie box? Can you get me a munchie box? Here is Glaswegian chip shop and get me a munchie box, please. Munchie box and a bottle of Bucky and four Stellas. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason he can afford to stay here is because he's got really cheap tastes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You get me a packet of chips and a bottle of Bells. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to watch some DVDs. Lovely. That's the living all right, isn't it? It could, you know, it could, be, it could be worse. That, that seems okay. Oh, I'm... I'm regretful now that my local chip shop does the munchie box. It's probably <laughs> a heart attack waiting to happen. I mean, you could ask them. You could, yeah, you could just take them some random stuff from Iceland and say, look, you keep these in the freezer. I'm going to come yeah. around and ask for a munchie box. What it is, is just grab any amount of any of the stuff at random, deep fry it, that and some chips, and then charge me double. <laughs> just charge me a fiver. Like I'm paying for the stuff. It's just, you know, the chips, really. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Here's some pizza boxes to put it in. <laughs> yeah. Give it a go, see if it takes off. Might well do. These are hard times. People need the calories for this cruel, cruel winter. So what else has happened at this um, sort of bizarrely action-packed hotel? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got the, the mob involved. I mean, all hotels have had people die really talk like that. Any it's. I mean, to be honest with you, it's not I mean, how many really people, that haunted. No, I mean, how many people do you think have committed suicide in a, like, per cap, like, in every travel lodge? I mean... I mean, uh, much higher than, than <laughs> I would have thought. It's where you go, isn't it? Because it's just kind of like, you know, you go, go to check well, out, as it were. <laughs> it kind of feels like you're in a hospice. So, yeah. Despite what Lenny Henry might tell you about those premier ends or whatever they're called, he was flogging. Comfy beds. Yeah. The worst one was, did you ever see, um, they tried to do an EasyJet-branded hotel chart. Oh, right. Well, I think they might have done that chart. Yeah, they did. But the, the original idea was, it was you know that obnoxious orange colour? Yeah. Every room was supposed to be filled with that. Ooh. And I think even they realised got to tone that down a little bit. <laughs> that would be awful, wouldn't it? It'd be like that. That'd be like being in some torture bunker. Huh. Yeah, be like Stelios, like, oh, you, you five pounds. Like, I think I'd rather sleep on the street than this <laughs> orange nightmare. I'd rather get some cheap whiz and stay up for three days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord. So, let's have a look. So, urban legends. So, no, there's, there's not. I mean, the one thing I'll say, it's, you know, it's been in a lot of movies and Has things. It? So, Risky Business, Best Friends Wedding. What Women Want. That was the hilarious comedy with Mel Gibson, you'll recollect. I imagine that's... We could read, read women's minds. Yeah, because he electrocutes himself in a bath while putting on stockings and nail varnish for some reason. Does he? <laughs> yeah. Was that... Did, did they just... Did well, they just did, was that found footage and they just wrote back? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. I reckon. Yeah, no, this is supposedly the whole plot, and this is what the whole plot is. He's, 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 he's a womanising like, shit or something. Yeah, he's a womanising shit, and, but, but then he's, but he's also a hotshot advertising. Oh, but he needs to understand how women oh, think. Right. So he decides, in order to do this, what he'll do is shave his legs and put on some nail varnish and some stockings. And what a woman! What a, what's it like Bite being a woman? On, a, on, a, on an orange with some nitrate sprinkled on it. <laughs> Put a bell around his neck and hang it from the wall. Orange in his mouth. I assume is where they were going with that. But no, and then he's—he's—I don't know—he's blow drying his hair or whatever, and then he slips in the bath, and the electrocution gives. What him the hell? The sheilers now have their hair dryers. 
It's one of the better X-Men origin stories, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then later on in the film, he moves the whole Golden Gate Bridge, doesn't he? <laughs> with his mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of those early Marvel tie-ins. Well, I mean, isn't that what isn't that what all women want men to be able to do? Read their minds. You know, I think not it would be invasive. Yes, I think, I think that's what everyone wants, isn't it? To have their minds read because base level of empathy. because there's, because there's absolutely no way that that could be used to manipulate people. <laughs> that doesn't actually show any change, like in the person. That just shows that they know what that person wants and then can use their ability to read minds to to give them it, to manipulate them. It doesn't show that... I mean, it's quite it's quite a psychotic way to... I argue his redemption isn't particularly well-earned. <laughs> I've not seen yes. the film. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I've, I really can't remember not, too much I've also about not it. seen Risky Business, and I've also not seen the other film. I, I've not seen Risky Business. I'm surprised that, um, what's-his-face, Ferris Bueller didn't get involved. Mm. It was, I assume you went everywhere in Chicago in that movie. I've not seen, well, I've not seen um, that. I've seen that once years ago. I don't remember it. Yeah, sorry, sorry, years ago. I just remember there's this. They, they all go like to the Museum of Art or whatever and go and see all the Chicago hotspots. Go <laughs> and see some improv. Well, they might be. Have a deep dish pizza. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Mm. That's a that's an interesting recipe, isn't it? It's like an apple pie, but with tomorrow. Take a pizza and yeah. I mean, fair enough, I'd try it. I probably but, uh, wouldn't. You're not going to get through a whole one of those, though, yes, are you? Yes, I would, yeah. <laughs> reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I'm good at eating. It's like a tomato stew. <laughs> with, yeah. A pie with like, cheese on top. Beautiful. <laughs> the problem is I don't think that I'd like them. I think the tomato sauce would be too much for me, and I think there's probably a lot of onions in the sauce, which would be a yeah, no for me. Yeah. It's like a... It'd be all right for me. I just think it'd be too filling. Give it a go. No, oh, there you go. Maybe... Have you ever had those... Um, what do they call it? You know, the, the tiny ones, the Chicago... Oh, the, Chicago the Town ones. Yeah, I've eaten them reg- yeah, regularly, yeah. the microwave ones. Yeah, I've had loads of them. Yeah, they're not too shabby. Yeah, they're all right. They're good on a hang... Yeah. Very good on a hangover. Precisely. Yeah, <laughs> not eating that sleeper. When you want something hot that'll take the skin off the top of your mouth... Yeah. Bang one of those. There's little preparation as necessary. I mean, like, and I'm, and I'm talking a hangover when even taking the cellophane off is quite quite a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think they realise that that's what they're for because when you used to get them, you used to have to sort of slightly construct a box to put it on. Like, um, yeah, it's like and now it's, a, and now it's just like a, a bit of a silver plate that comes with it, so you can just put it straight in. Yeah. So I think they've just made it even, made it even easier for the hungover community. Well, the, the absolute idea of that is they've got one called, um, have you heard of Rustlers? Yes. Where they just do like these like burgers and stuff you put in the microwave because, you know, bread works really well in the microwave. Yep. Um, but they've got one and you literally don't even need to take any of the wrapping off. Mm. You just shove it straight in and then the polythene like pops. It's like, that's fine. <laughs> it actually tells you on the box, it's like, don't bother, don't bother opening this, it's fine. You're far too drunk. It's going to, it's going to be a bag. Don't worry about that. It'll shock you a little bit, but just wait for it to that one, that we, we, The, the, the bag will wake you up to eat it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. They might have actually thought of that on purpose. <laughs> Oh, it's an unexpected side effect. We try and trolled it with a bunch of drugs. This is actually really good. Actually woke them up and remembered to eat oh. that burger. Oh, yeah. I have. Otherwise, they're waking up the morning afterwards and then trying to ingest this cold water. Oh, dear. I, tell. I think I've probably done that. Oh. I sure have. I might, be, I might be eating one now. Ah, <laughs> uh, lovely stuff. So, yeah, there's, there's not a lot really to say about... I mean, you try and research and see how um, how true this may or may not be. As I say, there's there's no there's no real um, yeah record keeping in the twenties. Yeah, again, it doesn't necessarily discount it, but it certainly has been rumoured. And there's no real quotes from hotel workers. It's just you know supposedly the staff have seen haunting. Well, I imagine that the Hilton you know, family put gagging orders on them. That's tragic. Yeah, do you reckon you have to sign a non-disclosure agreement when you go to work at the um, yeah the Drake? 
Yeah, yeah, no, no. When one works at the Drake, one does not talk about Drake. Yes, there are hauntings on the table. You may not, you may not, in public or private, discuss the ghost or Paris Hilton. <laughs> That's our NDA. You're going to need special training if you're going to work on the tenth floor. What, like, um, like uh, divining rods, dealing, dealing with apparitions, you know, <laughs> divining rods, ley line, ley line knowledge. Yeah. That kind of thing, um, maybe, or maybe they just like get people. I mean, I, I would imagine working in that hotel, seeing a ghost isn't the worst thing you've seen. Do you know what I mean? No, that's true. <laughs> if you're working in blue service, yeah. I mean, you know, if Charles has been there, <laughs> oh, good lord, <laughs> out, out for his parties, see the most. Yeah, <laughs> Prince Andrew's been in there. You see much worse stuff. It's even more haunted now. Good <laughs> lord. So, if that's that, should we go through our scoring system? I think, yeah, I think that's going to put a cap on it, to be honest with you. I mean, the only other things we could find around New Year's Eve were a bunch of stories on Reddit, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, there's, there's traditions and then there's stories and we didn't really want to, you know, dive into to creepy texts on Reddit. No, so... Yeah, fuck knows what we'll do next year. Uh, <laughs> maybe do this one again. Um, we'll, have start, we'll have to start on Urban Myth ourselves. Yeah, let's try and do that. Um, so, let's try and create one this year. Yeah, what could it... I mean, you would think that there'd be some kind of, I don't know, New Year's goblin or something that haunts the Black Forest. <laughs> and if you don't... I don't know. If you don't leave a slice of ghetto on an outside window ledge, then he steals your kids or something like that. You would have thought that... Make something up and try and get it into a newspaper maybe for next year. Yeah, the... uh, Then we can refer to it. (laughs) The little little known Bavarian tale of the New Year's Goblin. Yeah, the shit goblin. (laughs) Or we could do one about maybe... uh, We'd be constipated all year round if you don't feed him (laughs) gruelling. No, there's um, maybe a stump squatch in uh, Washington State who, yeah. on New Year's... He haunts the Mon- Monument on New Year's. <laughs> or he, like, he puts potatoes... believe in democracy. He, he puts potatoes in exhaust pipes on New Year's because he... Oh, uh, scam. Scamster. Because he... Um, you know, he, he's environmental, isn't he? Because he's a stump squatch. He just wants, just wants, uh, you know, all electric cars. <laughs> Stop destroying his habitat. <laughs> that's not a stump squatch. That's Elon Musk. <laughs> really? I can't. Uh, I don't know. I can't really. Are you sure? I, <laughs> I couldn't tell him apart. I can't, tell, I can't tell him apart. <laughs> I know one of them's been on Joe Rogan, and the other one hasn't. <laughs> or has he? I don't know. <laughs> well, or, oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. It's impossible to say. Literally, literally Joe Rogan's had any any mythical beasts on his podcast. It's likely, isn't it? Well, he, he had that guy out record. of like Nine Inch Nails or whatever, who's gone, who was clearly coked off his nut. Oh, do you mean? And he's really, and he believes that sort of the government, like government agencies, have been in contact with him to talk about UFOs and stuff. Oh, really? Trent Reznor is his name. Yeah, is it Nine Inch Nails? It's one of those. What are the other ones? Lim- not it could Lim- be Marilyn Manson, maybe? No, it wasn't Marilyn Manson. Um, Trent Reznor, I, d- I don't really know much about him, but he seemed reasonably normal. What are the what names of those so, um, new metal bands? So new, well, I kind of, I don't really know too much about any of these things, but I always thought the knowledge nails were more kind of industrial. Lincoln Park? Was, he might have been Lincoln Park. Li- yeah, Link- he Lincoln Park. He might have been Park, a guitarist in Lincoln Park. Park. Yeah. Uh, let's have a look. I don't know who that would be, but uh, it's entirely that that feels possible. Uh, and he's got a really, really American name. Wes Borland, is it? Or is that the no? He's the um, fellow with the yeah, oh. one who does guitar with a oh, lim- Blink One Eight Two. Sorry, this is a different. So it turns out that um, a lot of the new metal bands had UFO stuff. So, um, <laughs> by surprise, a bit of a Ven. Situation Chester Bennington, 
who was the oh, Lincoln yeah. Park frontman who saw a UFO just months before his death. No, can't be a coincidence. So it was Blink-182, Tom DeLong. He was... um he was the one who was in who's like gone off the deep end, I think, because of drugs. But he his um Joe Rogan episode's quite interesting to watch because it's oh, okay. I've, I've never watched Joe Rogan podcast, it seems off putting to me. No, I watched quite a few of them before I before it, it wasn't always quite what it is now. Oh, fair enough. Do you know what I, don't I mean? To, yeah, like it's gone, it's. It seems to have gone completely alt-right, but um, yeah. it wasn't. It was quite interesting-ish for a bit, but, you know, he's moved with the times, isn't he? And he's the most popular podcaster in the world, uh, second only yeah, to... Yeah, did he second... sign something with Spotify or something? He'd... Yeah, something like that. Been like millions or something like that. Yeah, he earns loads of money out of it, and obviously angry alt-right people will are probably more loyal to podcasts, you know, than, than say, our viewers. The, the, the glib left. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so look up Tom Tom DeLong. Leave him, leave him be. Leave, leave him to it. To be yeah, the maybe part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was kind of the maybe part. All right, Neil. So... Right, yeah, let's, let's score this puppy. All right, you can go first. Spookiness. Spookiness. Um, yeah, not terribly spooky, other than um, somebody completely overreacting in what's entirely possibly a completely fictional story. Um, so I think, you know, it's a, it's a standard haunting with very little evidence for the... That's a standard um, haunting. haunting. It's a standard haunting. No you know, extra. That's, you, know, you can get out of bed for a haunting like that, would you? Um, but, you know, and, and, and as you say, any any hotel with a bit of history is bound to have some uh, some hauntings to... There's going to be a few few dead bodies down the late, down the years. But, um, I used to work in when I was nineteen. When I worked in a bar mm. in a hotel, that was meant to be haunted, but I never saw nothing. Yeah, when you say meant to be haunted, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I've heard rumours that. Blood and that was, but that's and... that's a lot older than the any big old building is going to have like you know doors swinging and kind of weird noises and <laughs> creepy stuff. Any building that you're in, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hear some unwarranted noise. Um, yeah, so, no, no, I mean, I, just, just the, the fact of somebody, you know, you go to a party with somebody and then, uh, you know, they, they suddenly they tragically jump up on the 10th floor, that's quite spooky. You wouldn't like that. But, um, other than, yeah, so I'm going to give it a three on that basis. Hotel I used to work in, three, I'll, I'll note that down. Uh, it's nearly 100 years older. It was built in 1826. There you go. That's before America was even discovered. Yeah, pretty much. So, spookiness. Discovered about, what, 120 years ago, was it? I believe the centenary was yeah. in 19... Uh, it was millennium, wasn't it? That was the centenary. That was the centenary, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see, that's what that was referring to. That was what, yeah, that was it. Um, so, I mean, the story... Isn't very spooky. It just like just seems really over the top. I mean, you kind of wonder what was going on in that person's life if seeing. I mean, it's upsetting, sure, but is it worth having no more existence for? Probably not. Yeah, move on. Yeah, move on. Just give me just some great, you know. Exactly. You know, just go. All right. Well, then, you know, this isn't someone that I wanted to should be with anyway. So it's better I know now. Um, I mean, it's weird that <sighs> oh, they were living there, weren't they? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not incredibly spooky, but the fact that there's some hauntings and stuff meant to carry on to this day makes it a bit more spooky. So it's not the least spooky. Um, and yeah, it's an old building. It's a big building. You can imagine if you're having to wander around it, you know, at night or whatever. It might be, you know, some labyrinth of corridors. You hear some noises. Was that a red apparition I saw at the corner of my eye? What was it? Prince think. Charles. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going to give it a four. So Ooh. believability. So, um, I mean, the, you know, it's it's believable that someone committed to, committed suicide. I guess, uh, unfortunately, that does happen. Um, but there's no record of it or anything. 
you know, even though it was 1920s, you would have thought that something like that would have would have been in a newspaper, I would think, unless it was kind of covered up, I guess. So, but I mean, there's nothing kind of crazy going on here, is there? That's really like, oh, unbelievable. Apart from the perhaps yeah. haunting, um, not an AMF situation. No. Um, so I'm just going. It's going to be a four again for believability for me. Now. Yeah, it, it's kind of, yeah, it's on the balance for me as well, because it's kind of like, as you say, firstly, it's kind of like, um, I mean, again, could well be that somebody had some other issues in their life, what have you, that sort of put them on the cusp of doing something drastic like that. That's the part that sort of stretches credulity to me is that, you know, although you don't you don't know kind of like in terms of where they were in their relationship. Um, so it's... It's possible that that could have um, that that could have happened. Um, the fact that there's no sort of record of it, or there's no real names, or, or anything like that, kind of like pushes it down a little bit, though. Um, yeah. So overall, I'm going to give this. It's going to be another three for me, I think. Three. Okay. So reach, Neil. Um, I hadn't heard of this. This was this was me um, frantically <laughs> searching for any half decent New Year's Eve story um, that, that that might fit under a remit. Um, and this was the only one that kind of fit the bill for me. Um, but yeah, it took, it took a bit of searching out. Now, obviously, the Drake Hotel, well, I haven't even heard of the Drake Hotel, but that's presumably pretty well known. It seems to have had quite a lot of famous people stay there over the years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not going to go away completely. And it's almost one of those things where there's, there's some kind of like adds a bit, a bit of, of a ghost story. Yeah, it adds a little bit of local colour without getting too much into gory specifics or anything like that, you know. So, frankly, we've probably completely, you know, overthought it in terms of what's just a little bit of um, just a splash of local colour. Um, That's what we do. Yeah. So, but yeah, I don't, I don't, but having said that, you know, unless you've got reasons to sort of search this out or sort of like think about what's going on at the Drake Hotel, it's not really what you're going to come across. It's, it's not terribly thought-provoking or sort of, um, you know, and I, so I, I could see it sticking around just for people who you know, stay at the Drake Hotel. Go, oh, have you heard about the haunting on Floor Town? But um, yeah, I don't think it's it's probably massively well known or would spread around too much because it's just not that interesting of a story. So it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to give this a four. Four. So reach. I think this has got a tiny, tiny reach. I would be surprised if most people in Chicago have heard of it. Mm. It's literally one building, and the people have st- an exclusive bunch of people have stayed in the building. Yeah. Um, there's not been, and I mean the hotel itself has more reach than the story within because it's been in films and stuff. Um, but, I mean, you've really got to dig to find this. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm going, it's a reach of two for me. And I was playing, I was playing with, a, I was playing with one, but, you know, I don't like, you know, there'll, there'll be something with no reach at all <laughs> at some point. Um so narrative premise. So you know, it's got a bit of a narrative of some person seeing someone dance someone and topping themselves. I mean it, it's not a great story. Um the premise isn't a new one of someone dying somewhere and then haunting it. Um again, you know, it's not gonna be very high for me, unfortunately. Um, there's some other stuff, I guess, sort of, I mean, we're talking about this specifically, there's some other stuff around the hotel where incidents have occurred. I mean, the hotel has more more kind of an interesting story, really. You know, like mm-hmm. a mobster lived there for a bit, and then there was that, those people weirdly lived there and both died and their son had... After a big criminal case, yeah. You know, but again, that's patchy. Um, if anything, I'd say that that... This hotel's been relatively quiet, considering it's been around for a hundred years and it's really big. Um, and also a hundred years during quite a tumultuous time in Chicago. Do you know what I mean? With all the yeah, absolutely mob stuff and all the improv and all that. So um, I think that's what happened to all of the Chicago mobsters when they uh, when, went when improv. They, yeah, they went improv after prohibition got repealed. So I'm gonna. That's how that. Uh, I'm going to give it a three. Neil. Make more money out of teaching improv classes. It's a much better racket. Um, Yeah, so, yeah, it's going to be, this is going to be a a low one for me as well. It's it's a real kind of like, 
basement bargain ghost story, to be honest with you. It's kind of like something you've heard plenty of times before. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a two. Two. In the so, <laughs> that gives it um, one of our lower scores of 25. Oh, I thought we were just breaking double figures here. <laughs> yeah, there's not much to it, is there? No, there isn't a lot to it. Um, so, no. I mean, if you know... If anyone knows of any good New Year's Eve urban legends... That's it. What's that, what's that email address, Neil? Oh, I wouldn't know, Chris. <laughs> Was it herb.legends at no. gmail.com? No, herb.legends.podcast at gmail.com. Mm. So let us know if you know of any uh, New Year's urban legends or anything at all you'd like us to look into. That's fine. So I'll just say from myself here at Urban Legends, uh, have a happy new year. And, uh, you know, fingers crossed you get a handsome, tall gentleman as the first person across your threshold who pops a gherkin in your pocket as a symbol of the new year. So, um, from me... It's a lump of coal into your fire. Lump of coal into your fire. Wallies it in from the uh, <laughs> from thresholds. That's always good luck. Always good luck. So, uh, yeah, have a good new year, and we will be back next week as normal. Goodbye. See you later.